The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Hello and welcome to Bend the Knee, a Song of Ice and Fire podcast. I am Sir Matt, the Bud Knight. And I am Sir Ezra, the Watchful. Uh, Welcome to our Song of Ice and Fire book club. Today, Matt, we're getting into um, chapter five? Mm -hmm. Yeah, chapter five, John. Chapter five, John. And this is kind of a a shorter chapter. Um, I think all these, you know, these first, when you get the first uh, point of view... In the beginning, they're a little bit shorter, but um, it's got some some interesting stuff in it. It was actually kind of hard to really pull out, tease out some stuff that would be yeah. podcast-worthy, but <clears throat> I think when you look at it line by line, there's a few things that we can you know, uh, talk about today. Yeah, so. yeah this chapter kind of just, it's more uh, just building, I think, um, yeah. towards there's nothing like super big, even for later spoilery stuff. Yeah. Um, but, uh, okay, so our first uh, show segment is called Small Council. Just some updates yeah. on life as what, yeah. what, what you got going on? Well, um, <clears throat> we, we just recently, um, if you heard a couple of days ago, we posted a little, did a little vodka cadaver in life. Yeah, um, you know, that was... Uh, I don't know, it was fun. It was fun. Uh, yeah, so if you're listening to this on Monday, um, obviously yesterday will have been April Fool's Day, so... Just uh, having some fun with our uh, friends over at Swish and Flick. Uh, doing a little, they do a uh, Harry Potter reread where they read uh, like we do, uh, chapter by chapter. And so we jokingly said we were going to start a rival podcast uh, and start at the end of the books and read back. Right. So uh, you may have, uh, if you're set up, if you're a subscriber and you automatically get that stuff downloaded to you, you'll uh, maybe have listened. So hope, yeah. you, hope you enjoyed it. Just something fun. <clears throat> yeah, something funny. April Fool's Day. But I thought we should at least point it out. You know, um, yeah. that is not going to be the the po- we are not switching the podcast. Yeah, around. no, no, no. Yeah, it is. So just, that was just some, not. some April Fool April Fool's Day fun there. So. Uh, yeah, and that's kind of what's <clears throat> going on in our lives. So, um, okay, uh, so it's got some girl watch for us. Good this Good. week. Uh, so last week I talked about the there's a cover art for the German version of Fire and Blood, mm-hmm. and I guess one of the things I missed was that it's uh, kind of a release date is that it's supposed to come out in November. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. So uh, there's no release date yet on the worldwide release, just the German release. But I think it's obvious to presume that it should be around the same time. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's okay. good to know that hey, we're probably getting this uh, book in November, the Fire and Blood, first Fire and Blood book. That's awesome. Okay, so that'll be good. <clears throat> when we get to November, we'll definitely have we'll definitely be breaking that down as soon as that comes out, and uh, we have some Gur Watch, some actual Gur Watch this week. Wow, on his wow. blog, a uh, real cryptic. Okay, here Gur has on his thing. The title is Yowza. 
Um, never mind the count. Here's counting the gremlins way. And it says off we go. Then it has a bunch of pictures of hand. And it's like one, two, three, f- uh, four. And it's like one, two, three, four, five. One, two, three. One, two, three, four. Real weird. And he says, but then he says all for one and uh, one for all and all for one. The dragon has three heads. When was this posted? <laughs> was this, it, was this? No, this was March 26th. So in the middle of last week. Wow. So what it means, I don't know. It just says, uh, I could tell you more, but I'd have to kill you. Wow. So, so a real cryptic, I'm guessing Game of Thrones, or probably a Fire and Blood book. Okay, okay. Let me see here. One, yeah. two, three, four. One, two, three, four, five. One, two, three. One, two, three, four. Oh. I was wondering if that might be a... Uh, a date if you add it up or something but. we're gonna need you guys to look into that for us honestly uh, yeah we have to break and it we have to break it down a little bit more oh he says oh, oh here he says yeah oops 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 okay yeah real weird anyway well that's the first i've, I've seen that so uh, there's something there there's you know something there, there because he specifically says the dragons have three heads right so real cryptic he wants us right. to break it down and uh we'll have to dive into that so yeah into yeah more. interesting super interesting all right yeah well we'll check into it um and the, you know, uh, speaking of, of uh, fire and blood, um, there's actually a Targaryen reference in this chapter, and I actually mm-hmm. kind of pulled that up for us. So we'll talk about that later. But uh, yeah. yeah, and uh, cool. uh, so we can go ahead and head on over to our Maesters <clears throat> study. Yeah, yeah. What do you got? Which is where we break down the World of Ice and Fire book, which is kind of like a big history. And this week's is actually the rise of Valyria. So um, just a general summary is that arguably the first empire came in Essos. Uh, in a town called Old Gis. That's kind of what it was originally called. Uh, and the Giscari was the name of the people. They were a slaver's town. Uh, they rose from turning slaves into warriors um, until they met the Valyrians, uh, who were able to tame dragons and use them as weapons. It is said that the Valyrians have even descended from dragons with their interesting look, their pale hair and velvet eyes. One thing is for certain, they were not like other men. It is said that the Valyrians had no kings, and everyone who had land had a voice. Mm-hmm. After the doom, the slave cities went back to having slaves once again. All three cities now are known to pay tribute to passing Kalasar as they would not want to face them in combat. Wow, that's interesting. Real interesting mm-hmm. because, <clears throat> excuse me, um, I had watched Talking Thrones uh, plot leaks, yep. pot- theoretical plot leaks. And the way the last episode ends is that this is uh, not actual spoilers. This is just I'm, I'm guessing it's more like theories about how oh, how, yeah, the, yeah. how the series may end. Is that um, Daenerys and John destroy the Iron Throne, burn it down with wildfire, and then they go back to actually having seven kingdoms, and that each so there will be no more king mm-hmm. in in mm-hmm. Westeros. And so I thought that was kind of interesting thinking about this because you know Daenerys also destroyed slavers. Like, you know, she got, she, mm-hmm. That's we're, we're That's getting right. rid of slavery. Yeah. And then um, she also, they, uh, is a Kalasar mm-hmm. because she's the Khaleesi. And so you have that aspect to it too. And so I just kind of found the whole thing interesting is that maybe that's how Game of Thrones does end with Daenerys um, saying, we're not going to have a king anymore in Westeros. We're going to go back to actually seven kingdoms. Wow. That is interesting. I never thought about that. Um, that would make, yeah, because they were more like, um, that, you know, lords and lordships and stuff, and like you know, like you said, everyone sort of had um, a say, and it was sort of a hierarchy of things, mm-hmm. you know. So, 
Well, I, I mean, tears <clears> and stuff. We we are constantly hearing, especially in the first like two or three books, um, when Joffrey's like, "Oh, well, I would have a standing army." And what do they always say? The North's too big. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the North is so big that it's like, what's the point of even having a king in King's Landing that has any say over it if the North can always just do whatever they want? Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're just lucky that the, that the Starks have always been pretty cool. Right. And then for a long time, Dorne was like, nah, we're not. Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. so yeah. we're not pinned to that yeah. too. So. Well, and actually, we'll, we'll get into, you know, uh, the North is big, and like you said, yet uh, Dorne is also just as big. And mm-hmm. so when we get into... John mentions it later on, um, the conquest of, of Dorne. Mm-hmm. So that'll be interesting. Yeah. So, uh, <clears throat> okay, so uh, summary, quick summary for last week. Uh, we covered Chapter 4, Eddard. Robert Baratheon and Ned Stark go down to the crypt so that Robert can pay his respects to Lyanna Stark, Ned's sister, who Robert was formerly betrothed to. She was kidnapped and murdered, mm-hmm. that's using some air quotes there, by Rhaegar Targaryen many years ago. Robert then asks Ned to become Hand of the King, which is the last thing Ned wants. Yeah, there was, uh, um, <clears throat> I mean, that's another one of those chapters where it's like the, you, you, we got to know more about Robert and, you know, Ned's relationship and the position of Hand of the King. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? What what is that? What, what does it actually mean? Why is it such a bad thing? It's the most second powerful, you know, uh, position. So the characters are already kind of, you know, showing us that this is a position that's uh, dangerous for a Stark and, and things like that. So, uh, yeah, a little foreshadowing just in the fact that Ned doesn't actually want to take it. I mean, it means he has to leave the, uh, the, the, the North. And in that chapter, we, you and I covered how, you know, his father and brother went south and it's just going south is not a good thing yeah for the starks so nope yeah it doesn't yeah it doesn't appear to be so yeah um so this week our our summary for um chapter five uh john it's the fourth hour of the welcoming feast laid for the king so we're having this welcoming feast for um robert baratheon and his family that um that have come north uh john is having a few drinks listening to stories, and making observations about the king and his family. After several cups of summer wine, John is met by his uncle, Benjen Stark. John is eager to join the Night's Watch, but Uncle Benjen knows what a hard life it will be. John gets emotional during the conversation, in large part due to the wine, and he heads outside for some fresh air, where he meets Tyrion Lannister. And I mean, you know, that's so. There's your summary. We're gonna dive into some of the details. Uh, we've we've broken this chapter into three different parts. Just introductions, basically, for some of the family, uh, John's insights, and then Tyrion Lannister. Actually, so yeah. So uh, yeah, the first part, man. I have I have it. So this chapter is it's kind of short, but there's a lot you can you just kind of pull out specific lines. It doesn't really say a lot about this chapter, but a lot going forward yeah. and things like that. I mean, first line of the chapter is. Mm-hmm. There were times, not many, but a few, when Jon Snow was glad he was a bastard. Yeah. That's that's actually the theme, and it kind of sets the whole tone of this chapter. What are the benefits and the negatives to being a bastard? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Master Lewin later on will say something about, you know, how um, that he, the fact that he's a bastard, he has to grow up much faster. Mm-hmm. You know. Yep. Yeah, he has to grow up faster. Um, and then I might just go ahead and just go ahead and yeah, jump pull. wherever you want. I'm going to go ahead and pull out actually my uh, my quote of the week, mm-hmm. which is this is uh, talking about Ghost. He's not like the others, John said. 
He never makes a sound. That's why I named him Ghost. That's that and because he's white. The others are all dark, gray, or black. And so even we see right from the different, John is different because he's a bastard than his mm-hmm. family. In the first chapter, we see him say, I'm not your trueborn son. These dire wolves are for you. Then he gets his own dire wolf, which is different. And then here, even John's dire wolf ghost, we see a little bit more. He's not like the others. Mm-hmm. He's different. It's good to be a bastard sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. That's kind of John Snow's, his whole story. Yeah, it is. And, and that, that kind of fits in with the, you know, this. I'm going to kind of change. Yeah. Um, I had two things that stuck out to me, which was Master Lewin saying, you know, bastards grow up much faster than other children. And so that fits right into what you're talking about. Mm. And, you know, we see that with him getting in, you know, just where he sits in relationship to um, his half siblings and just the things that he learns. And, and he's drinking, he gets to drink more wine where they get one cup. But something that I pulled out this week was the, uh, the mention of eyes over yeah. and over, the eye color. And, you know, you learn that Cersei has green eyes, Jamie has green eyes, all of their children have green eyes. Um, you learn... Tyrion doesn't. Yeah, Tyrion's got one green and one black. Um, you learn... Um, yeah, there's like blue-gray eyes, um, hidden eyes. They talk about John when he's looking at his father and, ha- and what he was hiding behind his eyes. Mm-hmm. And the um, ghost has red eyes. Red eyes. Too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like the other dire wolves. That's right, yep. So, you know, just the, the mention of... Um, physical characteristics. Yeah, that's a big part of this chapter. Yeah, and, and it's an, it's it was actually it's been a big part of other chapters too, but it continues here and it continues in every chapter where we um, are introduced to new people. And you'll if you've you know again we've we've said that um, you've probably seen the show, you've probably read the series. This is a reread, and you'll know that that's really important later on. Um, that it seems. Like, it's just a, an author explaining who a character might be and what they look like, but it's super important. Oh, absolutely. So, Well, that's, I mean, we, we definitely know that later when Ned Stark is uh, looking at the characteristics of Joffrey mm-hmm. compared to uh, Robert Baratheon. Yeah. Um, and his bastards. Yeah. Yeah. So I have some other kind of notes here in this first third. Um, going off what you said, uh, he's talking about. John's just kind of describing the scene. Uh, he talks about the direwolf Stark, Brown's, uh, Brathian's crown stag, and the Lion of Lannister. Um, we can get to this later. I, it's just a small little thing here. A singer playing the high harp and reciting a ballad, but down to the end of the hall, his voice could be uh, heard scarcely over the roar of the fire. Um, just who is that? Who is it? Uh, later, might, might as well talk about it. Yeah, later, it's it's potentially believed that it could be Mance Raider. Yeah. Does Mance Raider say it's him? Um. Later, he does say that he was there. Yeah, he does say he was there. Yeah, I, I don't know that he. But said that's. That. Well, I don't know whether he said he was playing. Uh, I think yeah, he did. He he actually did. Um, he was one of the you know uh, singers or the bards. Yeah, bards. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So anyway, so I just kind of thought that was interesting. Where they're talking about you have the dire wolf of Stark and the Baratheons thing, but then you also have the Lion of Lannister there. Yeah, and I think that that's very important. This idea of the Lannisters have. You know, it shouldn't it just be the House Baratheon? But I guess, yeah, yeah. I, well, I think I think the the only reason that Lannister, because that would have been more suspicious if Tyrion hadn't have come. Yeah, I think it's literally that's how they get away with like it's like well, it's Lord Tyrion is here, you know, yeah. because he is. I mean, it's, yeah. because Jaime is a part of the you know Kingsguard. Kingsguard. We'll so, get to that. Yeah, yeah. But uh, but but one more thing on on that uh, singer. 
when later on when John goes out and he looks at um, he looks at the the surroundings, you know, people, you know, basically the the lone sentry who's mm-hmm. standing watch, just one. So super easy for someone to have snuck in. Although Mance says that he actually went um, much further south and got in with Robert's company and then was able to make his way in there. But I just kind of thought if anybody wanted to sneak in, you know, or wanted to show up, you know, that would be the time Absolutely. to kind of do it. So, yeah. Um, so kind of going back off what you sir- said here, um, he was, is, there's a line here. John was certain that uh, his companions were more entertaining than the king's offspring. Uh, so I think it's just specifically the, the king's offspring. So like mm-hmm. just this idea, oh, it's the king's children. Um, mm-hmm. So then it goes and it talks about um, kind of going off the last chapter uh, the, when they're all walking in, John kind of looks at them and, and he kind of describes them, I guess, like in his head or whatever. Yeah. Uh, the king was a great disappointment, John. Yeah. We kind of get that in the last chapter where we hear Ned kind of talking about him as he used to be this really strong, powerful man. And now he's, you know, he's like, he's kind of fat mm-hmm. and he's got like a big beard and he was like out of breath just from walking down the steps. And right. Right. Yeah. 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 He's, he's sweating through his silks and things, you mm-hmm. know, so, um, you know, not attractive and stuff, but the stories, I just another, it's life, you know, it's what yeah. life and it's what the you know, uh, kingship has done to him, you know, yeah. down there. And so it's not where he thrives. I think he, I think he almost, um, wishes that he, that wouldn't have been his life. Yeah. And I think he just drowning himself in, you know, wine and, and different pleasures to kind of forget where he's at. He's surrounded by Lannisters and he doesn't, he doesn't, he doesn't like that. So yeah. I thought that was, that is interesting. And when you think about it, I think he, he would have rather been a Lord out just, you know, fighting in and tournaments. Com- yeah, doing all that sort of stuff, but yet he's king, you know? Yeah. And it's almost like, this is not, you know? Yeah. Not cool. Yeah. Um, going on here. So everyone's walking in, and uh, John is just kind of describing them. I thought this one was kind of interesting. John noticed the shy looks she gave Rob, talking about Princess Marcella, as he was on his arm, uh, as they passed between the tables and the timid way she smiled at him. He decided... Um, she was insipid. Rob didn't even have the sense to realize how stupid he was. He was grinning like a fool. There's something there. I, and I, I think that that, that line is. I think that line is super important because it kind of describes Rob's character. Yeah. There was another line. Uh, Marcel is pretty. You know, she is really pretty. She's really pretty. And so, you know, even though she's younger and things like that, you know, it's just. It, it's it's the idea that yeah he's probably seen pretty girls who were of lower birth or whatever but this is like a a high born girl looking at him and you know being kind of flirtatious it's this moment that they have he probably hasn't experienced anything like this in his life and yeah it does play to his character later on it's like the idea that he's just oh this is awesome you know like just passionate and like you know kind of impulsive you know mm-hmm. what I mean so yeah and that's and that's described there was a, there was a line a couple weeks ago. That we had that was something similar. Uh, I should have pulled it up, but um, where they're talking about Rob as well, and it's the same kind of a, th- a thing. I think it's when they were talking about the direwolves. I think it was the Catlin chapter where she walks in and Ned's at the thing, and he's asking about the children and what they're all saying, and like, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, he's you know, I think like something else, like where they kind of give this idea that Rob is not like, I don't know, he's just he's kind of in his own world, yeah, you know. So, um, just yeah. thought about that, but then he notices. Um, Jamie and Tyrion walk in and when Jamie walks in it says John found it hard to look away from him this is what a king should look like he's he um thought to himself as he had 
past. Um, they called him the Lion of Lannister to his face and whispered Kingslayer behind his back. Yeah. And that is actually our vocab for the week. Yeah. Uh, we could jump into that now. Yeah. Or we could uh, wait. That's fine. Yeah. I think it's okay. keep him connected. Yeah. So keep him connected. So vocab for this week is Kingslayer. So this is kind of what happens during the... Uh, sack of King's Landing. So mm-hmm. I have the hu- the full wiki thing pulled up here. Um, when an army, when a rebel army led by Lord Eddard Stark raced towards King's Landing after Rhaegar's death at the Trident, Lord Tywin Lannister appeared at the gates of the capital with twelve thousand men. Um, his main concern was that King Aerys Targaryen II would be capable of killing Jaime out of spite, as well as Jaime himself could do something rash. Uh, Lord Varys. This is where Lord Varys tells he counsels King Aerys to open the gates. Mm-hmm. Yeah, saying that hey, um, this is you know what what ne- let him in. He's our friend. He's our ally. Right, and so it happens. So varies. And that's a whole other topic. Is to whether? Oh no, excuse me. Excuse me. Varys counseled him against against the gates. Excuse me. I was yeah, yeah. Say, right. yeah, and Pycelle's the one who says yes. Yeah, let him let him in. Yeah, because because I was I was gonna say there there's this whole bit where. That didn't make sense to me, and so I was yeah. starting to think like I, was, um, I know it started making sense to me. So I was like, oh yeah, sorry, my notes. I, no, you're fine though. Yeah. So it's it's the the alliances, you know, what's yeah. going on, what's happening, you know. Mm-hmm. So because at, at times I think Varys is a friend of the realm and wants to do what's best. And is it best to have the Mad King on the throne? I bet he struggled with that. Yeah, you know. So yeah, he um, he did. Uh, so Jamie, then we see says. Uh, as the sole King's Guard remaining in King's Landing, the defense of the Red Keep became Jamie's sole responsibility. Mm-hmm. Knowing that he did not stand a chance to defend the castle, he sent a messenger to the king asking him to leave or to make terms uh, mm-hmm. with the attackers. Yeah. A uh, messenger came back that Ares' order said that Jamie should kill his father and bring his head to uh, Ares Targaryen, yeah. the Mad King. Yeah. The messenger also informed Jamie that Rosart, who is one of the uh, creators of Wildfire, um, I had to look him up, was with the king, and Jamie believed that Ares was about to command the destruction of the city. So Jamie kills Rosart, and, who was dressed as a common soldier, mm-hmm. and uh, hurried his position to the thing. He went into the throne room and uh, stabs King Ares in the back. Yeah, he does. And uh, I think <clears throat> we'll get this in a couple books, I think, or next book, uh, maybe two. No, it is next book. Yeah. Um and it's it's this idea that uh what Jamie did there was save millions, millions of, people. of people. Yeah. And that's something it's it's just crazy that he's why doesn't he I think the reason he doesn't go out and tell people this story is because Who's going to believe him? I mean, yeah. it's, they're just going to turn around on. So he just he was owned. also he was also what like seventeen at the time or something. Yeah, he was he was he was a young he was a younger guy. Um, and then well, he's, he's also he's seen though the Mad King yeah. do what he did to the Starks. He's not going to let that happen to his father. No, and at all. Mm-hmm. So immediately, you know, you like these guys take oaths, and that's something Gerd does really well. Is like they have these oaths, right, that they take, and they're all breaking them. Mm-hmm. You know, it's you're supposed to forsake family and blood and all this. No. Yeah, that's it's it's stronger, and I think that's sort of the idea is that that is what ties people together. Yeah, you know these long-standing relationships and stuff. So, yeah, and uh, after that, uh, there's the the article goes on a little bit more to talk about just what happened. So, Jamie's sitting on the Iron Throne, and Ned Stark rides in, and um, 
Jamie's just kind of hanging on the throne. He says that the seat's uncomfortable and he doesn't want it. And then Ned Stark says, we're going to give it to Robert Baratheon. Yeah. And Jamie afterwards yeah. hunted down the other two Pylormancers and killed them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, and he's known, he's known as Kingslayer all throughout the thing. And um, Ned wanted, uh, Eddard urged Robert to strip Jamie of the white cloak. And uh, arguing that he should at least be made to join the Night's Watch, Robert listens to John Aaron instead and pardons him and lets him become a Kingsguard. Yeah, and here's the thing. So, uh, like I, I've read that before, and if if Ned believed that, then why doesn't he believe that necessarily? With I mean, I get that Barristan Summon and all those guys were loyal to the king, right? Um, and so he basically is just saying since he was disloyal and killed the king, you know, we, we can't you can't trust him. He's got a good point, but at the same time, it's sort of you get into what Joffrey does later on with Barristan Selmy, and um, I don't know. It's just never. I don't know. That's a tricky one. Yeah, that's a tricky one. So, but the whole, the whole you know, John Aaron is is saying that well, we need the Lannisters. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? We can't. This is really yeah. not going to go. I well. think. I think it was. I think it's just more the fact that the Lannisters showed up at the last second. Oh, had the, the, the had the Lannisters rebelled and from the get go, I think yes. that they. Yeah, that's 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 been Ned's big thing is that you know they waited to the last second to kind of jump in there and and doesn't really know how to take them or which side they're truly on. Um, they're always they're out for they're themselves. themselves. Yeah, yeah, and so that's what kind of worries them. And to have someone protecting his friend, who's a Lannister, just doesn't sit well. Mm-hmm. So because that's a, that's a a position that they can hold for life. Yeah, you know. So I don't know. And it's an honor to hold it. I mean, Barristan Selmy later uh, is like upset. You know, he wanted to die. You know, in the King's, King's Guard. Guard. Yeah. So, but yeah. So, um, okay. So that was just kind of the vocab for the week. Talking about Jamie when John sees him, he's like, "Wow, this is what a king should look like." Mm-hmm. Yep. And um, but then right after that, right after that is Tyrion. He sees the opposite. Yeah, Tyrion Lannister, uh, the youngest of Tywin's blood, by far the ugliest. All the all the gods had given to Jamie and Cersei. They had denied Tyrion. He was a dwarf, half his brother's height, struggling to keep pace on his stunted legs. Which I'll find this. Uh, we'll get back to that line. I have something something interesting about that. Um, his head was too large for his body, with a brute squashed in face beneath a swollen shelf of brow. One green eye and one black peered out from under. Uh, and then it talks about his hair, uh, which seemed which was so blonde it seemed white, which is different than the hair color That's of right. uh, Jamie and Cersei. And and you and you think oh it's such a little minute detail no it's not it's not actually and that's that's the thing is that uh, it um, this is one of those things where I honestly kind of more and more and more I'm I'm into the theory that yeah they share the same mother but they don't share the same father we'll get to that I'm just you know yeah, I mean, we'll get like, to that we'll get to that yeah it's it's something for sure so. Uh, yeah, and then you have a, you know, and this is just everyone walking past. John is sitting there, you know, um, having his wine with his buddies, having a good time, and and Theon walks by and ignores him utterly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, which well, there's you know, nothing new, nothing that, new yeah. to that. You can t- yeah, John and Theon do not get along. It yeah, seems like. they don't get along. So, um, Benjen also walked by. You know, uh, yeah, we'll get to Benjen with with Theon there. So actually, I think that's really all we have left. Uh, the only other thing really left from this part is that John just gives his gives. Uh, ghost a full chicken right yeah yeah um yeah and i just said you know here that you know john can do what he wants 
um, you know, he, he, he drinks and he's able to bring Ghost, which the other kids weren't allowed to bring their dire wolves. So mm-hmm. he's able to bring his. Or actually, maybe he wasn't allowed to, but no one's paying attention to him he right now. Anyway, so yeah. he's kind of doing his own thing on his own, which is cool. So, mm-hmm. all right. Um, let's see. Are we into the next? Um, I think when Benjamin. John's Insights. Yeah. Yeah. So John's Insights are our second, third here, really. Um, and what we're looking at is just John's attention to detail, things that he sees with Lady Stark, the Queen, his father. Um, just get to know John a little bit more and who he is here. So, uh, yeah. So what are, your, what are some of your first thoughts on that? Um, well, we just... Uh we we just get a lot from John. Um, obviously, we talked about how he just kind of noticed everything, um, and then really we get a lot when he's talking to Benjamin. I think. Yeah, we do. Um, uh, so if they had anything before that, I don't think I do actually. No, they just kind of they they kind of just describe Benjamin as he walks in, his sharp features, you know, um, blue gray eyes. Yeah, yeah, that's that's about it really. Um, yeah, so he starts to kind of talk about Ghost. Yeah. Right. Yeah, he's and how he's yeah how he's different. Um, I that was my quote of the week. I said earlier when he says mm-hmm. that he's white, he's not like the other dire wolves. Yeah, um, and then uh, Benjamin starts talking about things beyond the wall, and this you know gets gets John a little a little excited. Yeah, it does. Yeah, he's he's excited to to talk to his uncle Benjamin about that because there's something he wants to kind of uh, get into. But I thought first though, you know, he um, well actually right after that. He, he says, don't you usually eat with uh, your oh, brothers? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, don't you usually eat with your siblings? And he's sort of like, yeah, you know, I do, but it's it would be an insult to um, the king and, and, and the queen to have a bastard up there, mm-hmm. you know? And so, and that was actually from um, uh, Kat, uh, from Catelyn Tully um, Stark. And, you know, so she doesn't want him up there. She She's the one who points that out, I think. Yeah, yeah, Catelyn. No. Yeah, well, as we'll we'll get into later chapters, Catelyn does not like John at all. No, not at all, not at all. So, and then uh, Benjamin says, "I see." His uncle glanced over his shoulder at the raised table at the far end of the hall. My brother does not seem very festive tonight. John had noticed that too. Uh, a bastard had to learn to notice things, to read the truth that people hid behind their eyes. His father was observing all of the courtesies. But there was a tightness in him that John had seldom seen before. And that's the kind of piece that stuck out to me that, you know, of all of his children, you know, his bastard, air quote, would notice that about his father. And just anyone who's in the hall, he, he really, uh, you know, pays attention to detail and notices the the minute small things. And really, I guess, is, is in tune with... Um, more like your body language and what mm-hmm. you're not communicating with your words, you mm-hmm. know. So, so I think that's that 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 could help in. Um, well, that does help him later, and we can, we'll talk about that as we as we continue. Yeah. Well, it's something that comes up later with Tyrion, where Tyrion talks about like, well, because I'm a dwarf, you know, like I can't I can't wield a sword, I can't do this. I need to be smart with my mind. Mm-hmm. And so it's interesting. We'll get to it later when Tyrion and John have some conversations, and that's right. kind of where Tyrion Tyrion yeah. tells him. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, the next thing that John notices is that the queen is also mad. You know, the queen is angry too. Uh, John told his uncle in a low, quiet voice, Father took the king down to the crypts this afternoon. The queen didn't want him to go. Um, Benjamin gave John a careful, measuring look. You don't miss much, do you, John? We could we could use a man like you on the wall. Yeah. And... 
Yeah, I don't know if Ben did Benjamin mean to say that. I mean, does he? I mean, I think he knows that like that John actually wants to go. That to John the wants to go, but that John may go one day. That maybe that's the plan. But then they get into this back and forth on now is not the time. Not when you're 14. You know, yeah. go know a woman. You know, understand what you'd really be giving up before you make this. You know, pledge to this uh, brotherhood. So I think that's I think that's fair. Um, because we kind of get in the show sometimes, you know, uh, John saying, why didn't anyone tell me about this? Or, you know, that Tyrion, you're the only one who really kind of, you know, let me know that this was going to be, um, or, or really told me what this place, you know, was and what it was going to be. Uh, so, you know, I thought that was kind of interesting. Um, let's see, any more John's insights here? John dissuels with pride. Um and he says, Rob is stronger with a lance than I, but uh, I'm the better sword. And Helen says, I sit a horse as well as anyone in the castle. So there's uh, some notable achievements, you know, that he's better with a sword and he sits yeah. horse really well. So, you know, he's he's, he's holding his own. Yeah, uh, just a conversation with one of our patrons, uh, Lord Adam Parker. Yeah. Uh, he's always like, super uh, communicative, which is awesome because he's always like sending us messages. Oh, guys, that's what I think. Just sweet. I love it. Yeah. I love reading him. Um, he's talking about how in the show, Benjen's conversation with John, he says it seems a little bit more like Benjen knows the truth of John's mother. You can't hold lands or hold titles. You don't know what you'd be giving up. Whereas in the book, he says you don't know what you'd be giving up until you bet a woman. Mm-hmm. So yeah. those are two kind of different differences yeah. there, which is That's a good point, which is interesting. Yes, absolutely. Very interesting. Um, Do you think Benjamin knows? Yes. Yeah. Knows the truth? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I, okay, I, I say that. Maybe, maybe. I'm 50-50 on that. Because is, it, is it possible that Ned, during this, when he finds out I'm going to go to the wall, Ned tells him, hey, like I want you to keep him safe up there? Yeah, I think all of this might have, there might have been a conversation that we never got, because um, it seems like Ned wants to say more, and he kind of says, you know, later on, like, that he will explain things to John when he returns, um, but I think it was their, their, their safety in sending him to the wall, yeah. and that seems kind of crazy, but, like, I do think that's sort of the plan. Especially when you really think about who this is and what we're talking about here without talking about it. Yeah. Um, you know, but someone, I feel like if you had to trust anyone, you would trust your brother. Yeah. Right? You know, this is, this is, well, his, yeah, if this is sister, their yeah. sister, their yeah. sister's son, if there's anyone he could have trust with it, it'd be, you know, um, it'd be, it'd be Benjamin. So, yeah. Yeah. Although, I mean, part of me thinks it's a promise. Yeah. And and he and he didn't yeah. actually tell anybody. Well, it's possible, know? but I will say but, uh, maybe maybe he didn't tell him, you know who he was, but sort of just sort of that you know there's more to this, you know Benjamin. And Benjamin can put this together. See, I don't think he has to break his promise to Liana. I think his brother can kind of figure out and read between the lines that okay, you came back with this boy from the Tower of Joy. I get yeah. it. Yeah. I get it. Well, uh, some interesting, I will say just very, very interesting, um, in this conversation, there is something. Um, when Benjamin's telling him you're a little too young to go, uh, I think he says you're 14. And mm-hmm. uh, John says, Darren Targaryen was only 14 when he conquered Dorne. John said the young dragon was one of his heroes. Yeah. And <laughs> just, uh, you know, just, yeah. just throwing that out there. Throwing it out there. So, you know... Um, Darren Targaryen, uh, also known as the Young Dragon, and this is someone who John, you know, really kind of idolized and liked uh, uh, 
a lot. When we read the Duncan Egg series, um, I think there's a mention of him in there uh, a couple of times. So he's the eldest son of King Aegon the Third, and he's the eighth Targaryen to sit the Iron Throne. Um, he ascended to the throne at the age of 14, and he's famous for conquering Dorne. I'm just getting this off of the wiki page. Mm-hmm. And basically, uh, he goes. He only lives to be 18, which is said right here in this chapter, um, that he only lives to be 18. He, uh, When he goes to conquer Dorne, he felt like that was some, you know, basically that it was the kingdom that they couldn't conquer, that they, that they needed to sort of settle this business with them. Well, how old would, how old would John be when he first dies? Is he 18? He, I don't know. Probably. I mean, if he's 14 here and mm-hmm. then he dies at the end of A Feast for Crows when he gets stabbed, mm-hmm. I mean, that's only a couple of years. Yeah, time is sometimes hard to it, it's gauge hard to, in this. Yeah, because um, you have to pay attention to to when they say, you know, um, that it took the like a month for the king to get from, right. you know. But it can't be that much longer. Because I, I don't think the time no, difference no, it's between not Game of longer, Thrones no. to even A Dance with Dragons, Feast no. for Crows, if you kind of look at him, it's the same thing. It can't be more than five years. No, but yeah, it's just it's. Here's a little. Here's a little aside. You know, something that it, it's. I, I do like to pay attention to how writers move time around and, and mm-hmm. how and, and how that happens. Because, for example, in um, Wheel of Time, Wheel of Time, it all like takes 15 place. Fifteen books. Fifteen and books it, in like <laughs> one year. It's like well, that did not happen in one year. You know what I mean? Well, I guess, uh, yeah. Two, yeah, it just depends. Two, I guess it just depends on how big the world is. Yeah. 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 Exactly. So. Um, but yeah, so it's, it's, uh, he goes down, he conquers Dorne and, uh, loses a bunch of men and, um, yeah, so that was, uh, unfortunately, um, the conquest didn't last, uh, it was undone in a fortnight, so when a clever trap killed the steward, um, that Darren had left to rule Dorne, and so, you know, there's that whole bit, so, but, you know, he actually for, I guess for a little while there had, it was a, it was a, it was a good accomplishment. So, yeah. Um, so anyway, the, the conversation keeps going. Uh, I, I just thought this part was funny. And um, he says, also, do you remember that Darren died when he was 18? Or have you forgotten that part? And John says, I forget nothing. I just think it's funny because he also, I just put in my notes, he also knows nothing. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know nothing. I put the same yeah, thing yeah, in my you margin. Forget, yeah, you forget that. Right. Um, and then uh, later he's talking about some stuff. He's talking about how his brothers are going to have things. What place could a bastard hope to earn? Uh, then this is really interesting here. Benjamin says, you don't know what you're asking, John. The Night's Watch is a sworn brotherhood. We have no families. None of us will have their father, sons. Our wife is duty and our mistress is honor. I just thought that family duty honor, mm-hmm. not that yeah. it has anything to do with perhaps Catelyn Stark or right. That. I just saw that and it just, the way it looked on my page, I just have it. Oh circled. yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. That, that is, that is interesting. Yeah. Um, and then John says, you know, a bastard can have honor too. And he's missing the point. You know, a little yeah. bit, but I'm ready to swear your oath. And he says, you're a boy of 14, um, not a man yet. Until you have known a woman, you cannot understand what you would be giving up. Mm-hmm. And boy, is that true? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, come on. You know, I, it's anyone who has experienced a little bit more life than a 14-year-old would say the same thing. You yeah. know, you don't understand what you're giving up here. If If you have a chance to stay in Winterfell for a little longer... You know, okay, but it seems like maybe things accelerated here to a point where, you know, his father's leaving, and his father is the one who really looks out for him, and he feels comfortable, I think, and appreciated and safe when his father's there, and his father's leaving. 
you know, and then it's going to be Rob is in, is, is in control. But really, it's, you know, um, it's his stepmother, I guess, you know, Catelyn yeah. Tully. And so, you know, uh, I think that, that sort of pushes him to say, okay, let's go. Yep. You know, time for me to head north. But we'll get there. Yeah. Uh, then uh, Benjamin says to John, uh, more's a pity he put a hand on John's shoulder. Come back to me after you fathered a few bastards of your own and we'll see how you feel. Yeah, John, well. John trembled. Yeah. I will never father a bastard, he said carefully. Never. He spat it out like venom. Yeah. Yeah, because he knows. I mean, he knows, I guess, you know, the hardship and and sort of like, kind of like the Kingslayer has that uh, name whispered behind his back. It's what they say openly to uh, John often, you know, yeah. that you're, you're the bastard, you know. Mm-hmm. And so um, he has to kind of kind of deal with that so yeah so yeah there's there's really not much i mean he gets he gets upset he's he's been drinking too much uh wine and he says he has to you know he excuses himself and mm-hmm. kind of you know uh he's stumbling out into the night and things yeah. so uh he starts to cry it says john felt hot tears on his cheeks which i found interesting in that there's a lot in these first couple chapters when it talks about like it's burnt like ice it does this and it's always something to do with either hot or cold mm-hmm uh, and so I just have found that interesting. I went back and looked at when Daenerys gets out of the uh, pool or out of the bath, says like she could feel the cold air brush across her. Mm-hmm, and, it, mm-hmm. you know, just I don't know. I've just noticed that specifically Gurr has written this type of a line into about every chapter. Well, yeah, I mean, even right here when he steps out from the hall, you know, it's 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 um, it's warm, hot into the into the you know cold air sort of feel yeah. of going outside and, and things. Yeah, it's a good point. I mean, he does that a lot. Um Okay, so then as he steps out, he hears um, a voice call out to him. Boy, a voice called. And this, I thought this was really interesting. He turns back around and over the ledge, above the door to the Great Hall, looking for all the world like a gargoyle, the dwarf grinned down at him. Is that animal a wolf? A dire wolf, John said. His name is Ghost. He stared up the, he stared up at the little man, his disappointment suddenly forgotten. What are you doing up there? Why aren't you at the feast? And so they have this little back and forth or whatever, and Tyrion's just kind of talking about, you know, it's it's too loud, he's had too much wine, um, you know, not good to vomit on your brother, yeah. which I guess he's had some experience doing that. <laughs> doesn't uh, surprise me. That doesn't surprise me at all. I love Tyrion. And um, so <laughs> John's like, you know, he's thinking about helping him down. Should I get a yeah, ladder? This is, this is where I was talking about where he talked about he was he noticed that he was like you know walking across on his stunty little legs, but yeah. then here he see what he does here. So he so um, he says, "Oh, bleed that!" The little man said. He pushed himself off the ledge into the empty air. John gasped, then watched with awe as Tyrion Lannister spun around in a tight ball, landed lightly on his hands, then vaulted backward onto his legs. Mm-hmm. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Like, Why didn't Peter Dinklage do this on the show? Well, yeah, but also, <laughs> like, like, did that really happen? I was like, what? Is that just, you know, is he that acrobatic? You yeah, know, that I know. he, uh, that was interesting. I, I, I found this line interesting. I was just like, I don't know, maybe we don't, we don't see, like, more of that kind of stuff in the... Yeah, we don't, really. And so yeah. it's kind of like... Maybe, that, maybe this maybe might have changed course on this. Yeah, he did. You know, which is fine. Um, but, I don't know, there's some acrobats there. There's something going, I mean, maybe he was... Thinking he'd have to go join the circus, like yeah. the like the other dwarves that we see later on. They're always yeah. jumping around doing cartwheels. And, I don't know. I just, found it, I just I just found it interesting. Yeah, and they have a really good back and forth conversation. Um, you know, basically talking about what it means to be a bastard, what it means to be a dwarf, and mm-hmm. um, you know, Tyrion gets to kind of pet Ghost. Yeah, Ghost is really 
in the com- I mean, John has real good command over Ghost, you know, which is good to see that these kids have trained their dire wolves so they're not ripping people's faces and uh, throats out. <laughs> oh yeah, at random. Um, yeah. Um. Uh, so every week I uh, have another crazy highlight thing where. Mm-hmm. So fourteen thousand people have highlighted this specific line. Mm-hmm. This is when uh, John or when Tyrion is giving John some counsel. Never forget what you are, for surely the world were not. Make it your strength, then it can never be your weakness. Arm yourself in it, and it will never be used to hurt you. Mm-hmm. This is where Tyrion's saying, "Hey, it's okay to be a bastard. Mm-hmm. Just use yeah. it to your advantage." Yeah, it is. Yeah, and and, that, and, and they sort of. Um I thought in the show they did a good job too, kind of making this connection between you know a bastard and a dwarf, and 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 what um, you know what that means really. Um, so I thought that was good. He also mentions too, uh, Lannister stu- uh, studied his face. Yes, he said, and I can see it. You have more of the North in you than your brothers. Yeah, and that actually made John, that made John feel really good. Mm-hmm. You know, to feel like okay, I look like a Northern man, and I look like I belong here. You yeah. know, so. Um, you can only imagine what he's thinking is that is, is, was my mother, who is she, you know, was she a northerner or, or was she not, yeah. you know? And I think, um, just to know that he got his father's blood makes him feel good, but perhaps his mother was, he has no idea, you yeah. know, he has no idea. So it makes him feel good to hear that. Yeah. And then, um, I have a couple things here. It goes on to, uh, all dwarfs are bastards in their father's eyes. And then John saying, you are your mother's true born son of Lannister. Tyrion says, "Am I?" Yeah. <laughs> Cue yeah. the X Files music yeah. to uh, add a little bit more to the uh, "Is mm-hmm. Tyrion a Targaryen?" Uh, line. Um, then he's like, "Do tell my mother, uh, his mother died in childbirth." I didn't even know who my mother was. John says, "Yeah." So that is interesting. Those lines are okay. backed up, back, back to back. Yeah, it just shows apparently they share these things. Yeah, these, these are. Things that they can kind of bond over, and and there's a closeness there. Yeah, so. and then a line here, um, the way this chapter ends, and also our uh, patron, Lord Adam Parker, says, um, and with that, he turned and stomped back into the feast, whistling a tune. He opened the door, and uh, light uh, shadow across the clear of the yard, and for a moment, Tyrion Lannister stood as tall as a king. Um, so a comment here says, when he opened the door, it just says that line, this is not a throwaway line. Does Gur say this because Tyrion will one day be a king, or one day mm-hmm. he'll be as tall as a king, he will be hand to mm-hmm. a king? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. First and foremost, guys, love when you guys send us comments. Oh, Absolutely yeah. Please send us more. Please we, send we us more. Because then, then incorporate we incorporate them yeah, in the notes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it gives us more to talk about, which is which is great. So, yeah, there is uh, there is that bit that really kind of stands out that he's he becomes hand of the king um, and hand of the queen. Yeah. You know? So, I mean, he is definitely an influence. Uh, influential, you know, person, and um, his, he's. I think he's he's one of Gurr's favorite characters, and and he's 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 one of mine too. Yeah. So you know, yeah. So yeah, that's the end of the chapter. I mean, uh, some good stuff in there. We tried to pull as much as we could out. There's there's other little tidbits here and there, but um, overall, it's it's just John being insightful. Um, us learning more about the Lannisters, getting a good little introduction to Tyrion uh, and John's relationship, which. This first meeting will the the words the first impression that Tyrion gives John I think sticks with him and they're going to continue to have conversations later on and all of those um, you know can really serve you later on in life yeah leaving a type of impression like 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 Tyrion is left with John is a good thing yeah so all right um, I think that's it for the chapter um, do we have any cool connections left or 
Uh, no, uh, I will say real quick, uh, Adam Parker also sent us a, he says there's a theory I don't like that uh, he's talking about this chapter that mm-hmm. Ned sent John to the wall to protect him from the truth. He says this chapter kind of pokes, pokes holes in that. So just kind of quickly as on that, do yeah. you think Wait, say that, again? He, that, he, that Ned to... sent John to the wall to protect him from the truth, like to kind of hide him away, protect him from the truth. The, or to protect John from learning the truth, or I think others figuring out others figuring it out. Yeah. Why? So he thinks this pokes holes in it. Yeah, he thinks that he thinks that maybe Ned was never. I guess I'm saying Ned, Ned wasn't going to do that, and Ned just because John asked to go to the wall, he he sends him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that I, Ned didn't specifically say I'm going to send him to the wall to protect to hide him. No, I don't. I don't think Ned would have ever ever actually forced you know his John son to go, to go to yeah. the wall. No. Um, but I do think it was one of the options that they might have considered. Oh, I do. Yeah, I because I think I think Ned, uh, well, Ned claims him as his own son to protect him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. absolutely. So I don't think he needed to send him to the wall yeah. to then protect him further. Right. No. No. But I do kind of wonder when did Benjamin go to the wall? You know, I kind of wondered if it was like, yeah, you know, if there's a connection between. I don't think there is. I think it's a it's a stretch to think that Benjamin went to the wall after he, you know, had learned about. Yeah. John, maybe if if he did, I don't think he did. So yeah, I, yeah, I think John just decides to go, and and Ned lets him go, but um, is maybe happy and that he is going, and might even say indirectly to his brother, you know, this is a good thing. We need to watch out for him. You know, there's more to this story. I can't say anything now. The time's not right. You know, and again, he's protecting his life. Yeah. You know, he they, he truly believed that, and so did Liana that that uh, Robert Baratheon would kill. Um, any Targaryen offspring, yeah, you know, which I don't know, man. I don't, I don't, I, yeah. I, I get that, you know, it would be Rhaegar's son, and that would really irritate him. But it's also like this boy is a, a Stark yeah. too, you know, and so I feel like I don't know. I don't really know how Robert would have reacted. I don't know that he would have killed. You know, it would have set him directly against his his good friend. You know, I don't Ned know, Stark. Though. You know I don't know I mean? though. You know, I I th- I thought about actually I was th- I was thinking about that this week, and I don't know because Robert kind of goes off the hinge later when he says, "No, we're going to kill this Daenerys Targaryen." Right, but he but he says later that you it's know Ned's idea. right. Yeah, he's like, "You're right." She's just you know what what you know, because I mean, had he I think had he known from the get go, this is Robert like and Lyanna's son, mm-hmm. like I think he would have killed him. Right then and there. But once he's kind of grown, maybe, I don't know. Yeah, maybe not. And, and then also, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's, it, it it's, is, tough. It, it's tough to tell because who would have rallied behind him? Is there... Well, I don't even... I, well, I want, also, isn't it better that John has raised a bastard? Yeah. It, it's one of those things, it's almost like, I hate to even throw out a Harry Potter reference here, but, you know, Dumbledore believed that, you know, having Harry raised in the muggle world would make his head less big. You know, yeah. he's not going to be thinking he's this... You know, badass chosen one. You know? Well, I mean, maybe, but the thing is, is Ned probably Ned probably didn't know that. Like, it's like, oh, there's this prophecy and all this other stuff. Well, I mean, no, he, more he, just that he would be the heir to the throne. Yeah, because because that he would have he would have yeah. been the heir to throne. Yeah, he has more more of a claim than you know, because um, it's it's the it's the right son of the. He would have more of a claim son. than Daenerys. Yeah, and Viserys and everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Growing up, you know, yeah, so yeah. like, so growing up, he would have had that claim, and it's like, right, what do you do? You I know, because you. he can, comp- and I get why they did it because it directly, people would then say, you know, how can how can Robert Baratheon rule when the true born 
air is yeah. up in the north. You know what I mean? Yeah, it wouldn't have worked, sort of thing. But I think I've always I see people say that. But, I, but once you've usurped the, the the way I look at it is once you've if you take out the king and you like defeat their armies, yeah. you're now king. You're king. Yeah. yeah. So. That's why I keep. That's why I keep saying that Stannis is the legit, true heir to the throne. Because mm-hmm. once Robert dies, uh, you know Joffrey's not an actual heir. Yeah, you so have Stannis to, is the legit king. You have yeah. to usurp. You have to take it back. Yeah. For for your for that line to continue, the line yeah. is stopped. Yeah. You know, but it is. It's two different. But John. Different. But John. What John has a claim. He does have a yeah. claim. But it's it's that it is that uh, mentality. Right. That. Um, what well, I mean. There's look what two it does lines to the of thoughts. Yeah, two lines yeah, of thoughts exactly. that you yeah. could take on it. So. I got gotcha. you. Yeah, but I, I, they're just good friends, and I'm not so sure that uh, that Robert would have seen it like that way. I think they could have both protected him in some way, and maybe even jointly, especially if they could have shown uh, Robert that Cersei's, you know, being unfaithful, and that he has all these, you know, um, I don't know, inbred kid, you know, yeah, air quote kids that cannot you know continue his line then it's like okay well yeah yeah it's john's let's give it to john yep you know i mean yep yep uh it's a good thought there adam appreciate it yeah seriously and anybody else uh please send us thoughts opinions questions yeah and uh we'll read them because we love reading them and send us a raven yeah it's kind of right now yeah send us a raven hit us up on itunes facebook um, you can send us messages on our Facebook page. That's probably the best way to hit us up. Yeah, we've got a few people too. Our patrons are also me- messaging um, us on on uh, on Patreon there. And and if you do that, I mean that's instantly boom, you're on. Like, yeah, we're gonna you know put your comments out there. So it's a guaranteed way to get your thoughts in on the show. Um, we can we're gonna start posting some polls there and some discussion threads just so people can kind of chat about the chapter if mm-hmm. they so please. So. Uh, yeah, we do other th- cool things for our patrons. We have knighting ceremonies coming. Coming. So if you sign up, you get like we'll make you like a house sigil, custom house sigil, and we ha- we're gonna do some knighting videos here in a bit. And actually, I believe here soon we had we have two or we'll have three people who have to take their night night's watch vows. Yeah, three people to take their night's watch vows. Um, they have taken the black. Uh, we appreciate those folks, and we actually that would be let's see, Nicole Whitaker. Um, our good friend uh, David Fogel, David and, Huntsman, yeah, yeah, and Tiffany Evans um, also just joined. So, yeah, we got to get your guys's uh, your. I mean, if you, take, if you take the black, you got to say the uh, yeah, you got yeah. So yeah, you got to record you record yourself saying the vows when we put it at the beginning of the episode. Yeah, and, sweet, yeah. and what, Matt and I will make a, a phone number so you can just call in and you can just you know, um, just it's make it really easy for you. You can mm-hmm. either send us a an audio file or you can just call the number. Um, we'll get that to you. And leave a voicemail. We'll play it for uh, everybody here on the show. And we also have T-shirts coming out too. So give us like thirty days. We've got to, we've got to order co- uh, a couple of T-shirts here and um, get and get, get those. those out to our you know yeah. And and for the people who do sign up on Patreon, we make you the house sigil. Just kind of send us what you're thinking, and we'll uh, get that get that rolling for you. Yeah, I, uh, I made one for Adam Parker. We worked uh, like throughout a week. I just kind of went back and forth, and uh, the one we actually designed, you can see it on our Facebook page and stuff like that. And I think I think it's super cool. He liked it, so that made me happy because yeah. Uh, <laughs> and if you don't like it, just let us know. We, yeah, we'll, we'll, I'll change it. We'll try. We'll, we'll if you look it. on the uh, Song of Ice and Fire wiki page too, they're pretty simple. They're um, it's just it's sort of the creativity is in what you what you the decision you make, what you choose to. Yeah, you know. like his, he took his family crest, which is. Uh, it's like a red shield and it's got like a yellow stripe on it. It has three lion's heads. Yeah. But he's like, but I hate the Lannisters. Mm-hmm. And so he's like, I've always kind of been fond of bulls. So we put yeah. like three bulls heads in and yeah. I, it looks super cool. And he, he really liked it. And we have a page so you can see all of the people who signed up for that. 
Yeah, there's and, a Google link. You can actually yeah. click on the Google link and yeah, see all you the Google link. So you, yeah, so you can see all that. And it's kind of cool. It's just it's just fun. It's like, hey, let's all just kind of create our own Game of Thrones, you know, yeah. personalities and stuff like that. And yeah, so we'll read those on the air. Um, we had some other comments from people. Um, there's a girl uh, named Jennifer Kelly hit us up. Um, she said she found our podcast, really liked it. She talked about the Game of Thrones mobile game. Which I haven't checked out, but she said it could be kind of addictive, so uh, be careful. Yeah. And uh, but anyway, she asked us if we were going to Ice and Fire Con, and that is uh, in Mount Sterling, Ohio. We're from Columbus. Right. Uh, it's at the end of April, mm-hmm. and so uh, yeah, we're looking to go to that. Um, Got to like kind of figure it out more, like scheduling and how that kind of works. But well, we're we're planning. Yeah, we're planning. On, we're planning on on attending. Uh, just got to kind of figure out the logistics of it, and uh, should have some pins made. I got some bend the knee pins, like the little button pins, made up. So if you guys are happen to go and see us there, come up and yeah, we'll give you some free free swag. Yeah, absolutely for sure. Um, I think uh, History of Westeros is going to be there as well. Yeah. So uh, I think those guys, uh, their podcast, their team of people will will be there. So that should be fun to kind of meet those guys and yeah, yeah we'll, we should be walking around in some bend the knee t-shirts yeah exactly so check that out yeah so um, but alright guys that's uh, that's pretty much that's it, it yeah. for this week um, you know um, join us at uh, the, the, the discussion on facebook.com um, forward slash bend the knee podcast and uh, we'll post a little thread there you guys can share your thoughts on the next chapter or this chapter and uh, we can include those in the recap and we've already thrown out a bunch of stuff on Patreon so so yeah, yeah. So we want to thank you for playing the Game of Thrones. Our next chapter will be uh, Chapter 6, Catelyn. Yes. Uh, If you like our podcast, don't forget to subscribe, like us, write a review, or leave a comment, or send us a raven at btkcast at gmail.com. We'll see you in a week. And remember, family, duty, honor.